0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. John aggression, progress. That was absolutely incredible uh, against Chris Ridgway. I like 1-2-8. Um, I know you two have wrestled before. You know each other very well. That was a technical masterclass. You just... Go through the match, tell me a little bit more about how that came to be. And obviously, you're defending the Ring of Honor title I mean, in the UK. That is
1: absolutely mind blowing. Well, when was the last time the Ring of Honor title was defended in the UK? Do you remember? Off the top of my head, I can't. Right. Well, I believe this is the first Ring of Honor title match under pure rules since Danielson and McGuinness, I believe. Wow. Back in, what, that's 2006, August maybe? Liverpool? Wow. I think so. So that's pretty cool, I just realised that. That's a long time. It is a long, long time. time. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And what does it mean to you
0: to bring that to the UK right now? To be able to do that and to be able to bring that title with so much prestige, and you mentioned those people who defended it and fought for it last time, to bring that here,
1: to Manchester, what does that mean to you? It means to me and the reaction from the fans, it means to me that the legacy of Ring of Honor means a lot to so many people around the world. Um, And I'm learning that uh, through my travels. I'm going to all these different towns and uh, different places. And, uh, you know, the reaction from the fans is very heartwarming because I love Ring of Honor. It changed my life. And I was not sure if other people still felt the same. But uh, I'm being reassured that they do. So... It just means the world to be a part of something like that and to be able to put my name, uh, you know, next to some of the guys like Samoa Joe and Danielson and McGinnis and Morishima. Um, so I couldn't ask for any more.
0: It's strange. The love for Ring of Honor right now is, seems to be growing even more. Uh, is it a case of like, absence <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder with it, I guess?
1: Possibly, possibly. I think it's just whenever, you know, something's a big question mark, I believe... It, it just generates more interest. I think the big question is, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna be a part of the Forbidden Door stuff? Are they gonna do this or that? Or, well, you know, what's gonna happen next? All we know is that Ring of Honor is coming back in April. Um, and they're they're coming back different, but we don't know what. And so I just hope that different is something that, uh, to be honest, that myself and the boys can continue to make a living from it. And when you look at this, the wrestling landscape right now, it seems to have changed
0: really quickly in some ways. Even though a lot of it's taken some time, it's exploded again. And there's a lot of options for people out there at the moment, which I think is a great thing. Not just for fans, but for the talent as well, to be able to see the GCWs of the world doing so, so. I mean, I know you weren't at the show and that wasn't your fault. Uh, I'm sure you would have wanted to be at the world show. but that promotion has just literally stamped itself onto the map. AEW's doing so much. Impact, and of course, you know, the Honor No More faction there as well. What's it feel like as a talent right now to see this world kind of opening up in front of
1: you? Um, I, I see things a little differently. I see a lot of uh, my co-workers and my friends losing their jobs. Um, to be honest, it's kind of a dark time for a lot of us. I lost my job. Uh, to the fans, it might be interesting because a lot of these individuals are now uh, free to do whatever they want, but a lot of these individuals are making livings and taking care of their families and uh, their mortgages with these jobs. So um, while it might be interesting for the fans, I look at it completely different. My perception is completely different because this is my life. This is how I make my living, take care of my family, and how I um, you know, kind of protect my future and at the moment um you know i don't have that income that i once had and it is bothersome and uh, i'm doing fine now but the question is uh will these companies be able to take in all this talent you got to think about the ring of honor roster at least at the very least 40 guys are now without jobs but a lot of the fans they don't think about the people that are behind the on-screen wrestlers like the production crew um you know the office guys that no longer have jobs um you know and this just didn't happen with ring of honor it also happened with uh nxt a lot of people are being released there there to be a lot of guys are getting released there and we really won't see the effects of like what's happening until later on this year uh because a lot of those contracts come up in february same thing with ring of honor a lot of the guys are free to do what they want after march and so like where would these guys go Would everybody get picked up everybody can't get picked up so what happens GCW existing and it being born out of CZW kind of tells me that like the independents are now ready um, for new companies to to rise to be mega promotions on an independent level. So there's a situation where a lot of independent talents can create something kind of like PWG was created all those years ago. So a lot of different options are out there, but it's just like who's willing to do what. Um, And so it's scary, it's exciting, but that's just life.
0: It's really interesting to find out that from a, a talent perspective, because obviously as fans and you, you know you, you've seen the comments online, you've seen what people think. And, and, and as you spoke there, it's an interesting one for fans to look at. Cause like, oh, this guy can go there, this guy can go there, this girl can go there. You know, they can do whatever they like. But it's not like that, is it? It's getting back no, it on not. that hustle and that grind again. And some of yeah, you know, it's like just being back at square one, which is a scary prospect for a lot
1: of people, I guess. Yeah, it's very scary because like for myself, I worked so hard to get to Ring of Honor and that was my destination. If Ring of Honor uh, stays the Ring of Honor of the last you know, eight to 10 to 12 years or whatever, I can just stay there and be happy with my life. But uh, and I envisioned myself staying there. And now that Ring of Honor might not be the Ring of Honor uh, that it has been, I don't know where I fit. I don't know where to go. Um, And I'm pretty sure there's other guys, individuals that are the same, um, that feel the same. Uh, Another thing is uh, I feel definitely now, uh, in this era of uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram, fans don't view wrestlers as actual human beings. They view us as action figures, toys, or just names on a show or characters on a TV show. And in reality, like, you have to realize that uh, wrestling is still so underdeveloped um, and maybe because I've only existed for 15, 16, 20 years almost in the wrestling industry, I don't understand and I don't know that these same situations exist in the real world as far as like jobs, but if somebody doesn't like you, you stand a chance of not being booked on a major company. Somebody popular on a show could not like you and you can't get in because you know they don't like you and that stops you from being able to feed your family so some people didn't go to college some people did the indies for seven to ten years and that was their college to to get to work for ring of honor or to go to new japan or whatever like that and with the pandemic the way it is now and You know the visa situation being the way it is, and you know guys can't go over. Or even if you do get a chance to go over, you got to quarantine for two weeks. That takes a lot of time away from your family and opportunities to do other shows to make money. So it's a gamble on what you can do. Is New Japan paying enough for you to go and take that uh, that two week quarantine to do three shows or a week of shows to come back? And but you got to factor in are you away from your family? Is that is that good for you? Um, It's just so much that goes into it that fans don't think about. And I think if fans instead of talking trash on, on wrestlers and, and giving their fantasy bookings, if they come together more and, 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 and aid these independent companies more, a lot of the guys would be better off and not have to go to WWE or AEW or Impact, because not everybody can get hired by these companies. I'm blessed enough to be working for Impact now, but who knows what lies in the future for me.
0: Exactly, so. and obviously, Terminus, as yep. well. Tell us more about Terminus. I mean, what are the plans, what have you got going down? Tell us everything. Uh, uh, well, as much as you can tell. Yeah, right yeah.
1: The only thing I can tell you is it was a, a passion project of me and my, my friend, uh, Baron Black, who works for AEW. Um, and we just, um, before the hiatus even was announced, we had already decided to do it. It's just the timing, um, lack of a better way to say it, was perfect. Um, so everybody believes that I started Terminus because Ring of Honor was going on hiatus. It was already in the plans. Uh, Terminus' first show was actually supposed to be in November of last year, but the dates with me and New Japan didn't work out, and then Baron, of course, had to do AEW stuff, so we had to move it to the, uh, to the debut of January. And um, I don't know, man. It's just um, what I believe pro wrestling should be presented as. That's what Terminus is. Um, it's still a work in progress, but I just want wrestling to be a certain way because I believe fans can be more invested than just on a instant gratification level.
0: Which I think is a really good thing because I think there's so many fans now who watch it. They literally watch clips on YouTube.
1: Yes. And that's not
0: enough to see what you guys do. You put across this story and you are telling stories. Mm. This beautiful art that tells the story whether it's just that one match or something in a series. And the way that we've started to consume media think now needs to kind of just take a step back a little bit and maybe be able to see those kind of things one more time, be able to see it again and see that
1: long-term vision. That's true. Just the way that individuals today digest information is different than when I grew up, I didn't have a phone or a tablet in my hand or the internet wasn't big until for me until what around 2004 or five, like that's when I started watching YouTube videos. So like the way that we digested and processed information was different for my age group early on. So everybody that was born, you know, after 2004, three or whatever like that, um, they digest information differently. It has to be quicker for them. But um, a lot of those individuals, a lot of those younger guys don't, what they see on television right now for wrestling is all they know for wrestling is. Because it used to be difficult for me to go back and watch wrestling from the forties and fifties. Now I can watch it with ease, but. A lot of individuals now can't go back to 2010 and watch wrestling because it's so different from what wrestling is today. So um, they don't even know that kind of wrestling existed, like World of Sport or, you know, the the Gotch-style wrestling from Japan or Jave wrestling. Everybody thinks Lucha Libres are just high flyers. But in reality, they literally have their own distinctive style. And um, it can be promoted if if it's just a care to do it. That's it. And eventually demographically will be built around it to enjoy it so. it's, it's
0: branching it back out again isn't it yeah, yeah, able yeah, to, yeah to get people dragged into it and not just that short sharp simple bit of gratif- gratification that they get yeah, yeah yeah it's it's so weird how people consume it now it's, it fascinates me how people consume yeah. this kind of stuff because like for me you know i've um i've stepped in the ring i've done it i've chris trained mm. um i always go back and watch things like Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect from 93. Like mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite matches on the King of the Ring. It's one of my favorite matches I've ever seen. And I think it's better than the SummerSlam one, which a lot of people talk about, but I prefer that one for some reason. But being able to go back and see these different, different things and see how the product has evolved and changed and how pro wrestling is presented differently. Mm-hmm. I think people need to be a bit more open-minded with that. Oh yeah,
1: definitely being open-minded helps with life in general but and pro wrestling definitely a lot of people if it's not fast they think it sucks um if there are no flips they think it sucks but what is pro wrestling it's not boxing it's not kickboxing it's not gymnastics it's wrestling it's storytelling at its core um and that's what wrestling has gotten so far away from people think they're telling stories but in reality pro wrestling stories can be told different ways but to me pro stories are, are told from bell to bell you know and the promo just adds to it but our job is to get over a story from bell to bell
0: exactly um, you mentioned uh about impact as well hmm. um, how is the impact deal coming along what's what's going on there and and will you be able to still to pop over to the uk again
1: um, yeah, I'll definitely be able to pop over to the UK. That's that's my plan. I'm coming over to Europe. I'm going to Germany in the beginning of uh, March for 16 karat, so I'm really looking forward to that. I got a couple more dates announced. Uh, I'm going to um, Denmark for the first time, which is super cool. So I got a lot of things coming up, man, I'm super excited about. As far as impact, though, um, I'm working on a pay-per-appearance deal right now, and uh, the relationship so far is pretty good, um, and I'm happy with it. I hope they're happy with it, so... Um, I've got a a few matches there that I'm really fond of right now. Um, I got a chance to wrestle with Chris Saban, which was great. He's a phenomenal talent, Um, inspired a generation of wrestlers. I've I've said that several times. Um, And then recently, Steve Macklin. So I'm I'm happy with the the matches and programs that they're putting me through right now.
0: And, of course, we mentioned before the Forbidden Door, as they like to call it now. That phrase popped out of nowhere, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I guess gives you the option if you're on that kind of deal to move around a little bit, and then maybe if one's connected to the other, there's yeah, yeah, there, yeah, of
1: It's just me being, you know, like you said before, open-minded and just waiting for things to happen. All I can do is uh, keep moving forward, man, and um, wrestling as much as I can to stay in shape. And uh, you know, if a door opens, I'll see if I can kick go through you, it, kick
0: through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously. Just talking back to the, the match you had t- tonight with Chris Ridgway, you two seem to make a lot of magic every time you get in the ring. I've seen a few matches with Perrier, and is he an ideal opponent, especially for that kind of pure style, that kind of that definitely. technical grappling style?
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm just happy that the style is being promoted again, and individuals are are uh, like taking it to be their their primary style because for a long time. Uh, individuals like myself uh, have been, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, just shunned because we don't represent or use that instant gratification style. And that was so popular and it took over the, the wrestling world to where it's now the main style of like the bigger companies. And so um, I'm just happy that in my career time that the style of the pure technical wrestler is coming back to popularity within my my, my career cycle. So I'm just happy to see it happening. I hope more individuals like Chris Ridgway, pop up all over the world.
0: Right, Jonathan, thank you so much. That was fantastic.
1: No problem, and, thanks uh, for having me. Excellent match tonight. Thank you, thanks, sir. Thanks thank you so much.
0: There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello, guys. Welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell, and in this show, you're going to see the members of the Eat, Sleep, Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.